I'm your host, Dr. M, and you're listening to Aligned You, a podcast to assist you to truly be aligned through your body, head, and heart so you can reach your full potential in your own unique way. Hey there, Aligned You listeners, Dr. M here, and welcome to today's episode. This installment of a series of episodes that is actually a live recording that I did back in 2008. This live recording was a workshop that I ran called Breaking Bad Stress Habits and Pain Cycles. Now, it's particularly relevant right now for myself and potentially for you guys too in what's happening in my world right now. This particular workshop was recorded live two years ago and it was about two weeks after Yoda, aka my mum, was first diagnosed with cancer and had uh, part of her colon removed two years ago. And really the the tools and the uh, theories that I share in this particular workshop have really stood me in good stead for exponential growth in my life over the last two years. When I reflect of all the things that have happened over the last two years, geez, there's been some good stuff that's gone on in between some different challenging uh, periods in my life as well, some very challenging periods. But when you actually understand how our brain works through neuroplasticity, it's amazing how we can have exponential growth even when we are challenged. So I hope you enjoy this series. It's certainly relevant, as I said, for me right now. And you might have caught my episode last week when I was talking about being prepared and uh, understanding where my mum's journey is up to just at the moment. So I won't be recording live episodes over the next few weeks, uh, but this particular workshop series uh, certainly sits close to my heart for many, many reasons. One, because of the timing of the recording of it a couple of years ago, but also the impact that I know it had on the people that have listened to it so far, but also these tools and techniques that I use within my own life is the exponential growth that it actually can create. So enjoy this series and I'll see you on the other side. Perfect. Um, In our Stress Less workshop, we talk a lot about uh, why it is so important that our body is adapting well to stress. Because as I mentioned earlier, is we've all got stress around us. It's just how well we are adapting to it or perhaps how poorly we're adapting to it. And when you're adapting to it poorly, you look like I did in my before pictures. For some of us, we put on weight. For some of us, we can't put weight on. And people will be underweight and they do anything to be able to actually keep some weight on. For some people, it'll be that they're really fatigued. For other people, it'll be they'll have gut issues that are going on. For some people, it will be that they just know their posture is rubbish and so they're in a lot of discomfort because their posture isn't in the right place. One of the first signs of stress is actually your posture being in the incorrect position. We're going to talk a bit, bit more about that in just a second. When it comes to the different areas of stress that we have in our our life, is that... Sorry. Okay, good. You got it. Um, is, Is that when it comes to, again, the types of stress, we want to simplify. So, again, we said we might have 50 different stresses or worries going on right now. But, what again, we can put it into the worry meter and decide whether it's something we can or can't change or we get advice on whether it's something we can or can't change. Then once we know, say, it's something we can change, then we can actually chunk it down one more time. Is the stress actually something that is a physical stress, a chemical stress or an emotional stress? So let's take some examples. Can somebody think of what an emotional stress might be? A breakup, absolutely. Okay, so that absolutely fits into emotional. Now, sometimes when that's actually happening, somebody might actually have a physical response to that. So often when people are under emotional stress, their lower back will go out. Now, this might sound a bit out there and woo-woo, but it's because our lower back is actually our foundations. Sometimes when our foundation is rocked, our lower back is the first area that goes. 
bit crazy, isn't it? That's why when people come in and say, my low back's hurting and there's no physical reason for it, I'll ask, have you had a stressful day? Is there some sort of new stress that's going on or a big stress that's going on? And they'll go, yes, how did you know? I'll go, because it's the foundation. If it's rock, it can actually send off symptoms. All right, let's think about what a physical stress might be. An injury, yeah, absolutely. Taking a stack, if I stack down the back steps out here, that is not ideal. That's absolutely a physical stress. Sitting on our chairs, because I know these are very comfortable, I apologise in advance for how comfortable these chairs are, is that sitting in chairs all day at work is a physical stress. So how many of you sit in front of a computer all day or in a car driving? Oh, there they go. Everyone's hands are up. Okay. And in terms of a chemical stress, what sort of things might be a chemical stress? Medication. Medication? Yeah. Stopping food. Stopping food? Oh, stuffing food. Yeah, absolutely. Processed foods. Absolutely. So you can see again is that we can go from lots of different things and then we can simplify them yet again, which again, hopefully makes it easier for you to be able to manage. Now, when it comes to our inflammation, it's a really interesting thing because what inflammation actually does, does everybody understand what inflammation do, is? Just if you have an understanding. Basically. Yeah, cool. Well, it, I'm not going to, don't worry, I'm not going to vomitron a, a master's degree onto you, I promise. But in terms of what inflammation is, it's an indication that your body is actually fighting off toxins. Okay, um, and it's uh, basically our body starts up an immune response, which is why it shows up in different ways. So it might be that you have gut issues that all of a sudden things that you could eat a week ago suddenly are making you bloat like an Ethiopian child. Okay, because our body's reacting to that external stimulus. Does that make sense? Okay, so what often happens is that our inflammation cycles become a pattern that our body becomes accustomed to and sometimes actually gets addicted to. So that might sound a bit strange as well, but let's take the word pain for a second, or let's take the word stress for a second. It's a word that we made up, right? Like there's different words for it across the, literally across the world that we all have a different word to describe what pain is. That word is actually used to describe a series of feelings that you might be having in your body. And we call that pain or we call that stress. So what is actually happening with our body is that let's say we get stressed about something and our body is used to actually having a chemical reaction. What are some of the feelings you might have when you're stressed? Does anybody else feel it in their guts? Mm. Where you feel like tension in your tummy and you feel butterflies going on? What that is and why you're feeling that, that sensation is because literally there's a chemical reaction happening in your body right now. Now, for some of us, we feel that, that butterfly in our belly and we go, oh, that's excitement. For some of us, we go, oh, that's nerves. For some of us, we might say, oh, my God, I'm really stressed right now. And our body becomes so used to that particular cycle, it actually keeps creating it even when we might stop creating it. Now, some of you are like, what is she talking about? That's very strange. But it's what happens within our body because our body gets used to certain things going on on a regular basis. And then when we might make a conscious decision that we don't want to do that anymore, is our body's like, but we've done that for the last five years. We've done that for the last 10 years. We've actually done that since we were five. And all of a sudden now you're telling me I'm not doing that anymore? Yeah. And that's what happens is sometimes our body actually starts to drive our brain and not the other way around. 
it's why it's so important that we have an understanding of that because then we can start to actually reprogram and start breaking some cycles that might have been around for a really long time. Does that sound like that might be a bit helpful? Has anybody heard that before, that our body can drive our brain versus our brain driving our body? No, that's new. So why that's really important is because often it's a bit like driving. It's driven here, and I know some of you drive here all the time. Who drove here tonight and was conscious the whole way here of how they got here? Some of you are like, oh, far out. I'm out the front of Dr. M's. When did that happen? Like, I know I've just driven 50 Ks, but I'm not sure how I actually got here. Or even better still is if you're putting your PIN number into something and you actually, you consciously try to remember your PIN number and go, oh, God, which card is this? And then you look at the card and then you just let your hand do it. That's our body driving our brain. It's so muscle memoried into our innate that we, our brain actually has nothing to do with it anymore. And in fact, sometimes you remember things better that way than actually trying to consciously remember them. It's like when, is everybody here old enough to remember the old phones where you had to do that? <laughs> so, some people are like, no, not really. I saw that in a museum. I was looking around the room to see what audience I had. Some of the younger folk in the front are going, it's rude to say I don't remember, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but it was, is you would, you would remember and you would remember everybody's numbers and you would remember how far around you had to wind it and you, I can even hear the click, click, click of it coming back. It, it was great fun. So, I mean, these are the things. This is how, so what, we got rid of our, that phone, it was brown, it was like really that dark mission brown that was on the kitchen wall. And, and it was in the, I didn't think I really needed privacy back then, but I remember my big brother trying to actually get the landline and yeah. try and go around the corner and stretch the cord nearly out of the phone. But, oh, we did have a warm out. It was tray fancy. And then when we got our next landline, like does every, I don't even have a landline anymore at home, is that then our next very fancy touchpad one had an extension cord on it. So you could actually take it further away. Anyway, the point to that story versus us all reliving our youth was that <laughs> even though for all of us, how long ago was it that we used those phones? But for all of it, most of you are actually smiling because you're remembering back going, it used to be fun when you were little because you'd hear that coming back. And again, that's because we literally have a physical memory of it. It's not necessarily a conscious memory. It's literally you could go, yeah, and I used to do this. Needs to do that, and then I'd wait for it to hit. And if you got it too early, then there'd be an issue, um, and it wouldn't go through properly. Absolutely. So when it comes to actually being able to reprogram what we're doing, we have to actually, in some ways, fight against years of training. You know, we're talking about phones that haven't existed in mainstream Australia for a few decades. And yet we all can literally put our hand exactly where probably you could ring the number of the house you used to live in. Yeah. You could probably actually do that without thinking. And if so I grew up in Sydney, so that was pre-nines being in phones. <laughs> Down here it would be pre-fours and, and ones. Okay. So when it comes to reprogramming our brain, is that one of the things to be really clear on is we can't break habits. What we can do is we can create new habits that are stronger. So this is where sometimes people get really muddled if they're doing things like whether it's an eight-week challenge or they're quitting sugar or um, they're doing anything along those lines is because it's not actually retraining things 
from the brain down. It's actually trying to bypass something that's just not going to work that way. I hope that made sense. So in terms of when we're reprogramming our brain is that we need to actually create such a strong habit that it replaces the old one. So let's take sugar, for example. When I was the size I was in the before picture is that I would knock small children out of the way for sugar. It'd be like if there was sugar around, it'd be like, well, I wouldn't knock them, Jess. I wouldn't hurt them. <laughs> and keep moving. Is I would move them gently out of the way um, so that I could get to sugar. Now, when it comes to... <laughs> very funny when it comes to actually reprogramming the fact that now I eat very little sugar is because I've literally retrained how I look at it so it comes because back in the day when I was addicted to sugar is that as I said I would knock small children out of the way it took time to replace that habit with good things that there are times when I'm stressed where I still will my natural tendency is still to look for sugar but I've created a strong enough habit that it actually doesn't always replace it. It depends how big the stress is. Okay, so there's still times that I can feel myself getting pulled back this way. Sometimes I change the name of the sugar, where in the past it might have been chocolate. Some days it might be wine. Some days it might be some other form of sugar, and I'll try and get around it that way, and then I realise I'm still actually doing the same habit. Okay, so our body's very clever, because if your body wants a craving for an addiction that it used to have, for example, like sugar, it will just pop a different name on it and try and fool up top going, it's not really sugar because it's got grapes in it. So if it's got grapes in it, that's good sugar, right? Yeah. Okay, you're all going, yes, a little bit too, <laughs> too in, a, in agreement with that. So obviously within moderation, folks. Um, but, but it's amazing how we can actually trick ourselves into thinking we've actually not in that old habit. I hope that's making sense. So we have to create a new habit that is so strong that the old habit rears its head very, very little. Okay. And there's some really ways, really good ways of being able to do that. So we're going to run through a couple of them now. Um, number one, how many of you here meditate or do mindfulness exercises? Oh, I've got a couple of hands and some people are like, I'm not sure. I tried. I, tr I tried and I once. Okay, so I'll rephrase. Thank you for being honest. Who meditates regularly? Good. There's one hand that's like, yes, I do. Good. Um, to be honest, it's a couple of years ago when I first started doing my stress less workshops, I had such an aversion to even saying the word meditation. I used to call this next component mindfulness because I used to think that I couldn't meditate because my brain was way too busy. I felt totally like... And if you ever have a meeting with me, Kerry D will often talk about have a voice recorder because literally just things come out of my mouth and she'll say, what did you say? And go, I have no idea because it literally just starts going. And so it's really important that we learn to be able to calm all that overwhelm and chaos because it then allows us to create healthier habits and plan and design our day. Okay, does that make sense? Now, one of the... the um, meditation apps that I would really recommend and the one that I often use is called the Insight Timer. I believe you can get it on both iPhones and Androids. Um, it's a free app. I quite like it because it literally shows you how many people are meditating around the world. Um, they've got all different length meditations on them so that if you're just a beginner or not just a beginner, a rephrase, if you're at the start of your practice and you're like, there is no way I can sit still for 20 minutes, you've got to be kidding. Like, that's just silliness, um, which is how I used to be, is they've got three-minute mindfulness exercises. Or they might have one that I often do is an eight- to ten-minute 
just for t- it's literally called just for the t- today. One of the guys I really quite like on there, his name's Tom Evans, um, and he's got some short ones that are great to start the day with and also to end the day with. So if you're feeling like you're time poor, you can actually just do something very quick. If your meditation practice is more practice, you c- there's lots of longer ones on there too. Now, some of you are going to listen to Tom's voice and go, how long do you listen to that dude talk for? Because his voice is really annoying. For others of you go, yeah, I like his voice. So there's so many different people that do the meditation. So again, listen to somebody's voice who you like versus you go, oh, I can't listen to them for 60 seconds, let alone 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Okay, But meditation and mindfulness is one of the best ways to be able to reprogram what's going on up in your brain and as far as your neurology and your neuroplasticity is concerned. Okay. So that's one of the first tips that I would give you. Now, I realised today that because I had a bit of a, a day today that, <laughs> you know, those days where you go, that didn't quite go according to plan. I was going to be getting you all Maltesers tonight so that we could do a mindfulness exercise, which we don't have any. <laughs> what can we use? Because the cool thing with this particular exercise, and one of the things that I will give each of you tonight, because I can, is... A box of forage. We might, Kerry D, can I get you to give me a hand, please? Could you get one of those to everybody? These boxes are for you to take home. Um, if you are, please, if you have any allergies, please read the in- ingredients and don't eat it if you're allergic to it. <laughs> we, um, it does make sense, but sometimes we still have to state the obvious. Beautiful. So I preface, as I said, is if you're allergic to any of the ingredients, please don't eat it. Um, my great friend, Dr. Damon Christoph, Forage is his cereal company. Um, it's all gluten-free. Um, I think the muesli might be nut-free. I'm not 100% sure about that. But what I would love you to do is actually open it up. It does have nuts in it. It's definitely not nut-free then. So hopefully no one's anaphylactic to nuts. No? Okay, open away. What I want you to do is actually, there should be a sultana or some sort of... Are they fairly easy to open? They seem to have changed their packaging. That's really... Oh, you've got to tear. Careful, there's about to be muesli everywhere. This this was clearly... Yeah, just one, one will work for you, Alison. That'll be fine. Is just pick something out, preferably whether that's a sultana. This clearly was not planned, folks. And then you can eat the rest later. Not, I wouldn't suggest in one sitting. You still not got yours open. You need help. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. Excellent. Just one sultana. Seemed like a lot of effort for a sultana, didn't it? That was one of those ideas that in my head worked a lot better. It worked really, really well. And you all thought it was the best exercise ever. Well, let me say, you're going to remember tonight's exercise, that's for sure. Emma, would you pull a sultana out for me so that I can take you through it and I won't stick my hand into your... I don't mind your hand being it. Just whatever that big red thing. That'll do. Okay. Perfect. Has everybody got something that they can use for this exercise? Preferably something along those. Oh, you put your big one away. Okay. Well, did you feel it was excessive? All right. I want to show you how easy a mindfulness exercise can be. So one of the things that happens when we eat, how many people eat on the run these days? 
Okay, so when we're talking about, he's like eating now, he's like, yes, I do. This is great. This cereal's awesome. Um, one of the things that I think is, is really, um, it, it's sad and it also affects the digestion and it affects our connectedness is the fact that we eat often alone and we often eat on the run. So one of my mum's favourite sayings is she loves having everybody at home with everybody's feet under the table, eating the same food at the same time. And that's it for this week's episode of Lion You listeners. Over the coming weeks, as I mentioned, I will be releasing the rest of that workshop so that you can have all the tools that you need to get started in shifting some of those habits in your own world. Now, you would have noticed that I was actually referencing my old podcast, Be the Queen of Your Stress, throughout the particular workshop and over the coming weeks. All of those episodes are archived, archived, put my teeth back in. If you do want to go back and listen, just check them out. They all sit under a line due now. So as I said, that's it for this week. Have a great week and I'll catch you next time. And that's it for today's episode of Line Due listeners. Remember to hit the five-star ratings and share today's episode with your friends. And be sure to join our collective on Facebook and Instagram at Align Due. Look forward to catching you next episode. Information shared on the Align Due podcast is of general nature and for information purposes only. It is not specific medical or personal advice. You should seek assistance from your healthcare practitioner for your individual circumstances. Any information provided doesn't imply endorsement or third-party devices or products and cannot provide you with health and medical advice.